going to start off by saying that um, I received a, a word um, a few months ago. It was from someone in a life group that's really gendering. And I said, you know, I'm going through something really tough right now. Uh, can you pray for me? And I said, sure. And he texted me the next day. He said, you know, I received something that's a little bit weird. I don't, I don't know how to interpret it. I said, well, just tell me what it is. He said, I asked God a word for you. And he said, I saw a caged lion being released from captivity. And God daring to scream. And I just started crying because I felt like someone being in captivity for a while. And so thank you for that dream that I've had to speak, allowing it to happen. Thank you. Nice. Um, so um, when I was asked to speak, um, Paula texted me and said, hey, would you like to speak? I said, uh, sure. What do you want me to speak on? And she said, well, Saturday, was Saturday, is Saturday too early? So is that a topic or is that just, what is that? I didn't know. So I asked God, God, um, what do you want me to speak on? And I, I, the first thing I, I hear is hope. I'm like, okay, I've been hearing hope for the last couple of years. I'm like, okay, God, you want me to speak on hope? And it's been kind of, it got mute after a while because as often as God spoke about it to me, I felt like, oh, this is old, you know? And I want something new, something fresh. And nope, I'm supposed to speak on hope. So I started to study hope. And I looked up the definition of hope. And the definition is an expectation, a feeling of expectation and desire for something that you want to happen. Right? Well, I said, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> so I, I looked at the biblical definition of hope. And the Old Testament, um, Jews believed hope to be waiting on God. So it's called Kavah. And I know many of you probably know that. It's called Kavah, and it's intense waiting on the Lord. So a lot of us in this time are, are without hope, right? Um, a lot of things are happening around us, and we don't know what to, to expect. And this Kavah is an intense waiting for the Lord to do something. Now, when they say that, they also have another teaching that is about being in a robot. In a robot, I'm moving forward, right, by looking back. So because I know God's character, I know where he's standing. So, I felt like God was saying, where are you, who are you trusting? What are you trusting in now? And I think it's a word for all of us. Where is our trust? Is our trust in God? Or is it in the government? Is it in money? He gave us his son. So what else would he hold back from us? So that's today's message. When hope came. So in the book of Isaiah, chapter 18, 8, verse 17, it reads, And I will wait for the Lord, who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will even look eagerly for him. So, in this time, um, Jews were going through a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of darkness in the land. And he says, I will wait on the Lord. Right? To the point where, I don't care what's going on around me, I'll look eagerly for him. So I feel like, even though this message is going to be about the birth of our son, of his son, it's also about Where's our hope today? Okay? So keep that in mind as I continue to talk. I want you to keep pondering and say, okay, where is my trust right now? Where is it? You know, I have, a, I have a quick testimony to share. You know, I was diagnosed with MS, the most aggressive form, primary progressiveness, 11 years ago. Almost 12, right? And uh, the doctor, the neurologist, he came in the room, he said, I've got some bad news. And I got some good news. I said, well, give me the bad news, give it to me straight, 
and good to, good to know. So all right, the bad news is you're gonna be in a wheelchair in three months. So you know, I can, I can handle it. What's the good news? Well, about four months, you're gonna die. How is that good news? Well, people with your condition died long with suffering painful deaths. Well, wow. Holy Spirit came over me. And I looked in the eye, I have a lot of respect for doctors. I think doctors are wonderful. I looked in the eye and said, you don't remember my days. God knows my days. Amen. He said that next to me in the bed, and he said, no, I'm not a practicing Christian myself. And I felt God at that moment say, is there such a thing? Remember, Christ said, you're either with me or against me. He didn't say there's no in between. He said, you're either with me or you're against me. So God, my trust went into God, obviously. I got off all medication. My trust was purely in God. And guess what happened? He pulled me out of the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Got me to walk. Right? I'm still standing today. I'm still able to talk to him. I'm not dead, obviously, hopefully. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well then, this is last year. I was reading my chart from Kaiser. And my chart actually reads, I've been diagnosed with non-progressive MS. They don't have a term for healed. <laughs> so they call it non-progressive. <laughs> Which is a huge praise for me. Because even my doctor, I know my wife's right there, her name's Tracy. I call her my smoking hot wife, my angel wife. <laughs> she was in the room with me when the doctor was going, when the PA was going over how my, how my condition was going to progress. I said, you know what? All everything you see right here is going to vanish. You know that? And she looked at me like I was crazy. Everything that you see right here is going to vanish. She's going to go away. You know, God's going to restore me. My trust is not in my doctors. I'm going to go to my doctors because I don't know if the God's going to do them. I don't know what he's going to do. But I know that now I've been diagnosed with non-progressiveness, which is a huge price to pay. Because now I'm not looking for anything to actually progress. I'm only looking to get better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, as we continue to wait on the Lord, what are you waiting for? Are you expecting the mediocre? Are you saying, God, could you, who gave me everything, will again restore me to full health? Will you give me more of whatever? Are you going to help me through whatever? Because I can look around the room, I feel like God's saying, each one of you has something in the heart, something you're going through, something you want freedom from. So in your rowboat, remember, the, the character of God, as you move forward, the character of God is going to bring you to that place. Trust in him, in him only. It's from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. So if I go from Isaiah 817 to Psalms 397, and now, Lord, for what do I want, for what do I wait? And this is so powerful. Knowing where I've been, as I read scripture, it has a different level of, of power to it. And so I read these scriptures. I'm just gonna pause as I read it. So I'm gonna read it like it has it as meaning to me. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Yes, we're in dark times. There's just craziness going on. But again, who's on the throne? Amen. Is he your God? If not, I want you to make him your God tonight. Tonight. Because it's the, it's the wisest decision you'll ever make. New Testament, Romans 15, 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope for the power, by the power of Holy Spirit. Are you guys picking that up? So may God fill you with all joy and peace. May the God of hope 
complete with all joy and peace. And that's what he's done with me. Because everything that we're going through in this time, I can tell you, we lost our theater, you know, more than half our income. We had, we had a children's theater, foreign art theater. We lost it. It went away. I was told in September, I'm probably supposed to say this, but I'm telling you, I just want to tell you about how good God is. In September 21st, I was pulled into a meeting with the leadership of the church, and they said, God is telling us to release you. And I've been praying for two years, God release me. And every time he says no, stay, 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 stay. Oh God, they, they don't even like me here. Let me go. Stay, stay. But oh God, they, I don't even feel like I'm part of the family. Stay, stay. Why? And then I called them up the church says, it's not for you to go. They gave me to the end of December, and then I just recently found out that they're going to give me to the end of January. So I'm still on paper, which is nice. But between all that, I would have been in chaos. Tracy knows who I am. I would have been, like, I, my mental state would have been crazy. I've been, okay, we lost my wife's income, the theater's income, my income. I would have been up in arms. You know, I probably would have lawsuit, you know. <laughs> but there's a peace that God has given me in a lot that I just know that he's got it. So where is my, my, where's my trust in? Is my trust in, in the church? No. We're flawed people. My trust is in the head of the church, Christ. So once I understood that, I was like, okay, God, thank you so much for what you're giving me. I'll come over here and speak to you because I want you to bless me. Um, I thank you for what you're giving me because I want to I want to be everything you want. I want to be that hope and peace on earth that you want. I got to speed up. So, <laughs> sorry. When... So in this talk of, of Jesus coming to earth, we have we have we have that in the history that we understand of what happened. So during this time, remember the hope is intense hope. It's intense understanding of who what God's going to do. Right? I've been anticipating intensely that God's going to rescue me. Right? In that time where Jesus was coming to earth, they had four hundred years of God being silent. God not speaking to anyone. Right? We now have his, his scriptures, which is great. Right? But can you imagine a time where you're used to prophets talking, and not talking false prophets, I'm talking prophets talking, and they're coming to you, and they're sharing what the message is. And you get to hear, day in and day out, what God is doing. And all of a sudden, nothing for 400 years? That's dark times. <laughs> I like that look. Yes, it is. God not speaking to his people. Talking about feeling abandoned. Talking about losing your hope. I would have lost my hope. You know, I know there's pastors out there that go, if I was there during this time, Jesus would not have died. You know, Jesus would have, I would have not denied Jesus. I'm like, man, I would have been running the other way because of the persecution. These people are strong pillars. People I look up to. Four years without God's word. That's just one of the darkness that Jesus came into. Two, they were under Roman rule. I know all of you guys know this, that Jew, Israel was actually occupied by Israel, or occupied Rome, Rome, and then actually Roman Augustus, or Caesar Augustus, actually was a ruler who owned Israel. Right? <coughs> so they're not their own anymore. Yeah. Right? They're not their own at all. They are now isolated, and they're actually falling after the Caesar because they have to do what he says. And is he, is he for Yahweh? No, not at all. So he's against their, their God. And now they're in darkness because they can't do the things they're used to doing. 
typically. Three, internally in Israel, there were four groups. Say four groups. Four groups. Four groups, four groups that were kind of vying for, for power. They were the Pharisees. Everybody knows Pharisees, right? <laughs> Legalistic people who really were in, in power to actually defend the culture of Israel. They did it so well that they missed the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right? They're saying, this, this is all the old stuff that is not going to change. The Messiah comes. They're like, no, you're not the Messiah. Yeah. Right? right? Then we have the Sadducees, who were opposed to the Pharisees. Right? They only believed in the Mosaic law. Right? They didn't believe in, in um, the, the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. And then we also have the, the, um, the um, sorry, I'm trying to rush. Um, the, the Essenes, the Essenes, they were very uh, pure life people. They lived very pure. Um, they, they loved to pray, and they wanted God to rescue them from Rome. Then you have the Zealots. The Zealots were a band of brothers who were fighting for power, and they didn't believe in prayer, they believed in fighting, violence. Right? So you have these four internal people, groups, that were trying to tear Israel apart. Then you had Rome also. So it was a very dark time. Lots of riots, very intense feelings. Um, it was a it was a it wasn't a time that you want to be around, especially for a baby to be born. Right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't it. We had the virgin birth. How was that a dark time? Well, if you guys know anything about Jewish culture, um, there's something called honor killings. And when you're betrothed, you're supposed to be a virgin, and your virgin actually is pregnant. That's not something that normally happens, yeah. <laughs> right? And so Joseph's dilemma was, should I kill her? It's called an honor killing. Should I just kill her? So, but the angel stayed his night, or stayed his hand, so he wouldn't kill her, just like he did with um, Abraham. And she was protected. Right? Is this like, in my opinion, the picture of how dark it was in this time? Yeah. When Jesus came to the world? Now, just picture this with, alongside what we're going through. Right? Mm. Do you think ours is a little bit easier? Right? I'm not done. There was a census. You guys remember the census? So Joseph had to take his, his virgin pregnant bride <laughs> all the way to Bethlehem, 100 miles. He walked, she rode a donkey, right? Yep. I don't know if you guys saw the um, child version of the Christmas story. This donkey's fast. <laughs> I don't think she said that. I don't think she said that, but this donkey's fast. 100 miles on foot. She's riding the back of the donkey. Bought the I'm sorry if I offended you, but she was ready to give birth. The last was Herod, King Herod. He was after Jesus. He was after the King of Kings. Now the Magi duped him, right? And so he's like, okay, they're not going to do me. Instead, we're going to kill all two years and kids who are two years and younger. We're going to kill them, right? So we're thinking that he's going to get the, the Messiah. Then comes Jesus. Jesus is still born. Obviously, right? You guys know it's born. Isaiah 9, 6 reads, For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David, and over his kingdom, to establish it, and to uphold it with justice and righteousness, from then on and furthermore. 
for the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Who is it accomplishing? The zeal of the Lord is it accomplishing. A lot of times we think, what do we have to do? I, I, I have to make this happen. I can't make any, I can't God, I can't make God do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I can love him right. and say I'm, I'm anticipating this goodness, but I can't make him do anything. Mm-hmm. He's all powerful. Mm-hmm. Right? He can just squash him if he wants to. But he, who is gracious enough to give us his son, what is he going to hold back from us? So as this hope is, is, is fading from our environment, I want you to think about where is my hope? Because God, He is my hope. In Him I rest. I have trust. I have peace. Who gives it to me? He gives it to me. He gives me this peace. And I pray right now that you would feel the peace that He's giving you. I pray that He gives you peace right now. Because as much as I want to just scream at this peace and say, No, you don't need to scream. I've got this. Mm-hmm. I would have quit and go find another job right away, you know? But no, God says, I got this. So what did Jesus' birth mean? What did Jesus' birth do for you, sir? Baby faith, yeah, like it. Anyone else? Anyone else? What did Jesus' birth do for you? Salvation. Salvation, right? Tracy, that was you. What else? Anyone else? Life of the world. Hope. Oh, it's the message, right? Hope, right? Anything else? Light of the world. Light of the world. What I'm going to share with you, has anyone heard of Jonathan Kahn? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Um, he's a, a Jewish, um, study, study, he's a Jewish, Messianic Jewish, I guess you say, Messianic mm-hmm. man. <clears throat> and he actually has interpreted a lot of scripture and what they actually mean. And something that he wrote, and I've added to it, but something he wrote really just captivated me. I want to share with you what it means for us as Jesus was born. What did he give up to give you? You guys picked picked him up? What did he give up to give you? So what does that mean? Now, when I read this the first time, I bawled like a baby. So if I bawl again, will you read it to us? Yes. Right, so Jesus, I'm going to try to lose my my loud voice. Jesus, who lived in heaven, came to earth, so we who live on earth would live in heaven. Jesus, who dwelt in the presence of the Father, left God, so we who were without the Father could be in the presence of God. Jesus, who was spirit, took on flesh, so we who were flesh could take on the spirit. He, Jesus, who was without sin, took on our sin, so we, who are in sin, could be freed from the bonds of sin. He, who is life, took on death, so we, who were dead, could take on life. And there's more. I mean, you probably have to have them and say, okay, what else? There's going to be a long list. There's going to be 20 scrolls of what he gave up just to give us. So if you can imagine, when Jesus came to this earth, the, the hopelessness that people had to be restored to that level, I can now be with God? Jesus, you left your throne. You left your, your, your throne, 
right? The presence of God, the very one God, you left him, came down to earth, and died on a cross, as Paul says, right? Why? So I, so me, a sinner? A sinner. That doesn't deserve squat, but has been given everything. Really? Who can write this? But God himself. Psalms 121, verse 1 2. Where does our help come from? I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Christ, who was sent in a time of darkness, saved us from our sins. What is he going to withhold again? I'm going to say that over and over again. What is he going to withhold from you? And I'm going to back up the scripture. At the very end, I'll back up the scripture. What will he withhold from you? If he gave up his son, his only begotten son, which means the very essence of him. He, you know, see, I can make a computer, but I can't, I can't uh, beget a computer. I don't beget the computer, right? This actually has to carry my essence. He gave up his one only begotten son so that I can live with him. A sin. You know what our problem is? We don't understand that love. We don't have that love in our environment. So it's hard for us to understand. Hard for us to, to grab a hold of, to accept. But just say, you know, God, I receive it. As much as I can, I just receive it. Thank you for it. Give me thanks for it. Say, thank you, God, for this gift. I thank you for it. That's the best that I can to receive it. Thank you, God. I'm a sinner. And yet he saved me. Is anyone else's mind just blown that Jesus gave up all that stuff and gave it to me and then died upon a cross? The most gruesome death imaginable. Mm. Actually, there were, there were um, Roman officials that were trying to outlaw the crucifixion. They were denied, of course. They said, this is, this is too inhumane. This is awful. We should not do this anymore. No, no, we're going to continue to do it. Mm. They actually figured out that if they actually pierce through the heel, Instead of the top of the foot, the heel, the person would last longer on the cross because there's fewer blood, um, blood vessels in, in your heel. But there's a lot more nerve endings. Yeah. So it's going to be painful in a lot longer. And Jesus knew that beforehand. And he could have taken up his, his life and life. He said, I laid down my life on my own accord. So there's a reason to celebrate Christmas? Yes, there's a reason to celebrate. Because that hope, as I roll forward, I get to look back at what God has done and say, God, do it again. Amen. Save our culture, save our environment, save our people right now. That's good. Do it again. That's good. My hope, my faith is in you. I'll keep running. I actually bought a row machine. <laughs> a $300 row machine. And I'm just rolling around. God, do it again. <laughs> God, do it again. I'm telling people, trust in him. He saved a rich like me. He can save fine people like yourself. <laughs> from Isaiah 92 this is uh, Matthew I'm going to go to the New Testament Matthew talks about it but it's from Isaiah 92 the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light as Wayne said and those who were sitting in the land in shadow death upon them a light dawned John this is Jesus talking John 12 verse 6 I have come as light into the world 
so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. So how do we apply this? I have two questions. What do you, what do you need to do to be ready, to, to ready yourself? Repent, give thanks, praise, pray, worship. Then once you're made ready, what are you going to do for your waiting? Are you going to pray? Are you going to cry out? Are you going to the rooftops? Remember at all times what he did so you can remember what he's going to do. Isaiah 40, 31. This is where I'm going to back it up. Yet, yet those who wait for the Lord, and what did wait, waiting on the Lord mean? It means, it means hope. Those who hope in the Lord. So if you look up Kavah, it actually has two definitions. One is waiting on the Lord, and the other one is hope. Okay? So as we wait on Him, as we hope in Him, yet those who hope for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And then back, back in over to the New Testament, Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? <laughs> So if you're, you're questioning me, don't question scripture. Okay? So if you're saying, no, I, I don't like what you're saying, go back to Romans 8.32 and say, okay, God, speak this to me. What do you mean by this? I looked up in commentaries, looked up in, uh, in different study materials, trying to re- make sure that I use it in, in context. Right? He's not going to deny you anything. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, hey, God, I need like $50 million. Oh, here you go. I'm not saying he's going to do that. He could, but I'm not saying he's going to. But everything has to do with sanctification, you can be darn sure of he's going to do it. Because it's not our grace, it's his grace that he does it. So how are you going to apply this to your life right now? How is it going to change the way you think or live for today? Knowing that God who gave us everything, how is he going to hold back anything more to give us the strength that we need? Thank you. We pray. So, Father God, thank you for this opportunity. I pray whatever I messed up, Father, wherever I um, botched it, that you just straightened it out. That uh, the people, your people, Father, heard from you. That um, my words um, don't mean anything, Father, but you told me that you gave me the gift of speech. And I pray that I'm using it wisely. I pray for everyone here that we can actually look forward because of who you are. We can look forward to our future knowing what you've done in our past based on your character that we will not deny, but we will wait earnestly for the next thing. Not knowing, not caring about the circumstances that surround us. So what? They are just circumstances. My God is still on throne. You, Jesus, I love you. I thank you for the day. You, God, are my God. There is none other. Lead me, guide me, show me your way. And above all, Father, your will be done today, tomorrow, and forevermore, because you can do far more than whatever I can ask or even think. We love you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.